Hi, welcome to the Early Value NFL Betting Podcast. Uh, tonight's episode is for the props edition. Introducing my guest for this evening, it's Bradley Johnson. How are we, mate? Hello, mate. Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. How's yourself? Good, good, mate. I was going to give you the old uh, Gil Alexander build-up, but I ran out. I couldn't think of anything else to say about you, so uh, we just went with that. <laughs> yeah, not worthy of that at the moment, mate. One day. <laughs> no, we're still building up. Well, last week, obviously, you wasn't on air, but the props took a bit of a nosedive going two and four and leaving us on six and five on the season. So hopefully, with you being back this week, you'll uh, you'll drag us back to how you did week one with us and, and back into a nice few winners, mate. We can only try, mate, can't we? We can only try. Exactly. So it moves quick as well. Week three already. It flies by. So moving on to this week, and that we'll get straight into it. What do you fancy? Um, my first bet, not my probably I don't wouldn't say I wouldn't ever say my first one's my strongest one, but the first one we talk about is um Juju Smith Schuster. I like his over yards. I think you can get him around. Um, 53 uh, sorry about 54 56 yeah and I think he's probably good up to about 60 I'd say I know he's not cleared the total this season but the main reason I like this bet is because um, Deontay Johnson has been ruled out for injury and he takes up a high amount of targets in the uh, Steelers wide receiver call he's had 22 targets in two games Johnson opposed to Johnson opposed to uh, Juju's had just a 15. So I think them 22 targets have got to go somewhere. And I think Juju's probably good for at least three or four of them. Yeah. Um, Juju played against uh, the Bengals twice last season. He had 19 targets in two games. So it shows they want to use him in that sort of matchup. And one of the other reasons I like it is just because the Steelers' offensive line is so bad. I think... Uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger will have to get the ball out quickly, especially with his, his injuries. So, Juju's a safe pair of hands for him. They've got long, long serving the ball. So, I think anything up to 60, over 60, would be a good bet for this week. Yeah, I agree. I think, like you say, with Deontay being out, I, th- I always find Claypool is more of his sort of deeper shot down the sideline. And that for the for the bit more of a bigger play, whereas Juju will be now with Deontay being out, will definitely be more of his safer option. Go, I mean, fifteen targets in two games is pretty decent amount of of um, of targets anyway. I mean, the Bills game, he only come down with four out of the eight last week. He come out with six on seven, and that, as you say, he's, he's gone just under the total both games. His line must have been around about what it is now in both of them games. He, he must have been around about the 50-yard mark, week one and week yeah. two at least. So he's, he's not memory really... Ross, yeah. I think from memory, Ross, sorry, I think he was like 44-ish in the first game, then he went up to like 48 in the second game. Okay, so, so, so moment, he's probably gone up. Like, yeah, yeah, he's had two little bumps, but I think these yeah. are justified. Yeah, and that's right. And when you lose him, one of their, well, probably their main wide receiver, I'd probably say out of the three of them, that, uh, that yeah, it's understandable it's going to go up. So, yeah, I uh, I think it, I think he'll be all right. I don't think the Bengals' defence has got anything there truly to worry you too much, has it? And I think that if um, Ben is hurt with this pec, pec muscle injury, I think he's got, isn't it? Yeah. That if, if it is and he can't take many deep shots, again, you'd expect Juju Smith-Schuster will be the one who will be taking more of them short slants, 
short passes and getting more of the yards after catch than any of the other players really there. So I can see them still passing a decent bit. I think the Bengals might do okay against them as well. I think um, I think they'll both maybe put up a few points. I'm not sure it will go over. I think Burrow as well is not taking many deep shots or or big shots, apart from maybe to um, to chase Jamal Chase now and again. But um, I like it. I like uh, Juju. I think he's a good wide receiver. I think it only can be better with Deontay out. So, all for it. So, my first selection is going to be Michael Carter. Currently over nine and a half receiving yards for the New York Jets. I'd heard in week one that he was going to be their, probably their pass down work uh, back. And his line then was about six and a half. We never ended up betting it. And he ended up getting one catch on two targets for 14 yards. So he only got the one catch, but obviously he cleared it easily. And then last week against New England, he moved up again a bit more, had two receptions on three targets for 29 yards. So it's clearly comfortable catching it and getting some decent yardage on it, whether it be in the two-minute drill, whether it be how they're playing at the minute behind. And I'd fully expect again this week against Denver with that pass rush coming after him. I think it's Bradley Chubb healthy. Do you know, Brad? I'm sure I've seen that he's um, going to be back for this week. I'm not sure, might be honest. I think he's back. So that will only help that if they're going going after... Oh, um, no, Brad, Brad, no, Bradley... Sorry, mate. Bradley Chubb's out, mate. He's, he's he having surgery. Oh, he's having okay. surgery, mate. Yeah. Maybe that's worth seeing it. Yeah, sorry, so, mate. Uh, yeah. So, so you've, you've got Von Miller there, as haven't you, at least. So I still think the, the way that Jets offensive line is and that they'll still create pressure and be coming after him. So it makes it an easy option for Wilson to try and chuck a few short passes after his four interception week last week. I'm not sure how much they're going to want him to be throwing down the field. I think they might try and shorten the game a little bit and have more running, more small, shorter passes, and maybe try not to maybe leave that open again. So I think at nine and a half, the opening line was seven and a half, but it's been bet up a little bit. I would still take the nine and a half. I'd probably go up to about ten and a half. And then I would start maybe not maybe wanting to get involved with it. I've gone up so much from the opening line. And so I just think for the game script, they'll be behind well, they should well be behind against Denver. I think he'll be in on the two minute drills. So I'm happy to play a short yardage of that when he's cleared it both times this season. Anything yeah, it's a yeah, game flow, as you said, should be behind. And it's also the opportunity, the um, backfield opportunity, isn't it? I mean, he's got Tevin Coleman, who played only 10% snaps last week, not a renowned pass catcher. And Ty Johnson, who is a run-of-the-mill ready, uh, running back, really. There's no real competition in that back line, is there? So, no. with being a rookie, you think... They'd want to get him going. I think he had 11 or 12 rushes last week as well. So they obviously, yeah, yeah, trust, him. Juice, they obviously yeah. trust him with the ball in his hand. So, yeah, more than half, not a lot, is it, for a, a running back who should see two, three, four targets in their game script that should suit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I and mean, like I say, when he's cleared it on, I mean, his, his three catches have been for 14, 17 and 12 yards. So all three of them, catches have gone over the total straight away on just on each catch alone so he's uh whether it's that defenses are playing soft when he's catching the ball and it's been 
from two-minute drills or, as I say, when they're be, being behind and they're just not giving up the big play. But we'll take all of that all day long. So, that, moving on to your second pick, Brad. Yeah, my second pick is not really an exciting pick and it's not one I thought I'd be making this week because I thought his line would be about 20 or 30 yards high, to be honest. It's Justin Herbert. Over 296 passing yards against the Chiefs. To be honest, the market's moved against me. I opened up, I think, 303, and it's been moved down to 296, which obviously means someone's got an opinion on Herbert, which I don't, which I don't share. But I just think with the high, the high total for the game being uh, 55, the over/under, the Chiefs obviously don't need to tell anyone who's listening to this podcast. They've got probably the best or second best offence in the league with Mahomes. The only way to keep up with them is to be scoring. Herbert's gone over this line twice this season. He's at uh, the 330s twice. Played two game, two rookie games against the Chiefs last year and he cleared the line twice too. So, to be honest, I don't really understand why this line has moved down and I'm more than happy to go against the move. Look myself back to it at 296. I expected it to open probably 310 or 312. Yep. So to see it um, at this, I'm more than happy to back it over Ross. I don't think it needs any explaining. They've got great weapons. It sets up to be a shootout. Herbert's a stud, isn't he? Chief yep. defence is fairly poor. So yeah, I'm more than happy to back Herbert here, mate. Yeah, uh, I mean, considering he's cleared the line by nearly nearly 40 yards both games, as you say, yeah. I, I'm, I'm bit surprised why it did drop. I've seen it actually as low as 292 at Betfair when the lines first came out as well. So it clearly dropped. It's obviously eked up a little bit now. But against the Chiefs, you near enough have to throw. I know the Ravens ran a lot last week, but the Ravens are built just to mainly run, aren't they? There's, there's, no, there's no getting away from the Ravens. are always going to run. But I think against the Chiefs, the, the Chargers aren't going to be able to run it um, as well as what the Ravens did. So to stay in the game, they'll definitely be throwing it because they know the Chiefs will be throwing it. And as much as the Chiefs' run defence is bad, I still don't see Eckler being one of them types of running back that's going to get 15, 16, 17 carries. Herbert isn't going to run it a lot. And they've got too many good wide receivers with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen for him not to throw it. I mean, even last year, he was consistently getting into the 300s high 2-8 to like 200s after um, when he first come into the league so I really like Herbert I think Herbert and Mahomes are two stars of the future in that division and I think they'll just be going out there I can't see any sign of any bad weather or that happening I see no reason why this ain't going to be another high scoring shootout with lots of passing lots of scoring and lots of big plays so on it with you like it Anything more you want to add to that, mate? Or No, mate, you carry on with your second one. So then my second one is going to be good old TJ Hawkinson from the Detroit Lions. He's just such a target hog for them. And with them const- constantly being down in games, they have to throw. And against Baltimore Ravens, you've got to expect that we're going to be seeing more of the same again where they're going to be down. feel a little bit sorry for Baltimore. They're, they're three... They're th- First two games this season, I've had to play Darren Waller and then Travis Kelce. I mean, you can't ask for a too hard a set of tight ends to start the season. 
And then you're going into Hawkinson, which is probably around the top five tight ends as well in the in the league. I mean, they've had a brutal start to facing tight ends. I mean, he's had 20 targets in his first two games, 16 receptions uh, against Green Bay's went for 66 and San Francisco 97. His line, his open line was 58, 60 and a half now. I'd still take that up to 62, 64. And that personally, I just think that he's going to be obviously a favourite of Goff all season long because with who else they've got there, Swift is going to get a lot, but I see he's questionable. I think he maybe is a game-time decision. If he was to miss, there, there goes another massive target. Um, you've got Jamal Williams. They love to throw to both of their running backs. Then after that, you're sort of struggling. You've got Quinton C- Quintus Cephas that will get a few targets. Terrell Williams, if he comes back this week, he'll get a few. But other than that, you, you really are on the dregs, aren't you? you you've got to think that Hawkinson is going to be Goff's first read most passing plays so to still be getting 60 and uh, around that is uh, is madness yeah I can't really I can't really disagree with you there Ross again it's another one isn't it game flow and opportunity yeah it's not really I mean Cephas seems to have taken over that wide receiver one role since Toro Williams has been out Cephas is never a wide receiver one in the NFL is he Never, he's probably yeah. not even a wide receiver three. So to have him as your main man, the only the only trouble we might have is if Harbaugh says, "Roy, we're going if they are going to attack us, everyone can attack us apart from Hopkinson." So try and take him out of the game, which they might do. Fair enough, there's not a lot you can do about that. But I don't think Hopkinson don't really. He's not running deep routes. He's running a lot of underneath stuff and getting yards after the catch, isn't he? So yeah. I'd be surprised if they do try and take him out. So, yeah, I mean, opportunity, likely game script, they can be playing from behind. It all sets up lovely, doesn't it? Yeah, and and that's right. And as you say, that you'd think that they're laying to take him out. Sometimes it's easier said than done. I would have thought they must have had the same idea against the Raiders in week one. And that some of these players, they're just they're just too good that they don't get, get open some way or another. As I say, whether they're struggling just because of who the tight ends they're playing, it probably is more than that, then maybe the safeties aren't as good or, or that. I'll just, um, I, I think, unless the Lions shock the world and come out and beat them, but goodness me, I can't see that happening, can you? I'd be very surprised, mate. But then it's, it's a, it's a, it is a flat spot game for the Ravens, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's a, yeah. It's a typical flat spot after the big win against the Chiefs. So, and the Lions play tough, don't they? Say what you want about them, they are. I haven't got a lot of talent, but Matt Campbell seems to have them playing tough. And yeah. like Ross said with um, Swift, if Swift does miss out, I think Jamal Williams in the receiving game could be another good bet you want to look at. Because yeah. he seems to be catching a lot of balls out the backfield. He's a tough runner too. So I think that could be a good little line. I think in the first few games, he's been around 19. I think the first game he was 9.5 and then 19.5. If Swift is out, it'd probably be late 20s. I wouldn't want to back it any more than like 26, 27 maybe. But I think if you can get anything lower than that, I think that'd be a decent bet. Yeah, definitely. If uh, if you find out come Sunday that he's out, that line will move and, and move really fast. So yeah, you do want to be on that pretty quick for the team news. Okay, uh, that, I'm only having two selections this week, Brad. So you got a third one? 
Yeah, I'll go to the third one, mate. You could call it a third and a fourth because I'm quite confident in... It's the same player, Marquise Brown. And I like him. His, over, his targets are lined at 4.5 and his yards are lined up at 58, 59.5. So I think that is about the limit. I wouldn't want to go much higher on him. But, and if I had to choose one over the other, it probably would be receptions just because of the use he's getting. Yeah, He's had six receptions in each game. He's had 16, 16 targets over two games. So he's, they're obviously trying to work in the ball. He's cleared the line twice. He's a, he's a main receiver for them now. I mean, I know they've got Sammy Watkins on the other side, which may have helped him taking away some coverage from Brown because he basically was the only wide receiver option they had in any note last season. And I know they look Mark, um, Mark Andrews in the middle of the field for Jackson to throw underneath to. But yeah, Marquise Brown, he's got the pace. They're getting lots of little pop, pop touches around the line for him. Uh, a fair bit of his stuff has been yards after the catch, but he's also caught a few bombs. So I think they're trying to use him in every way possible. In the red zone, he's had the most targets of any Ravens player. I know it's only the two games, but I think it's a good in, instinct of what's going to be coming this season. I think he's their main man. And I think the 4.5 in a few weeks could be the 5.5, if you know what I mean. I can see him taking the bump. And the 58.5 could easily take a bump too. The only, the only problem we could have with this matchup is if the Ravens do go up quite high early, then they could be running the ball a lot. But it's a chance I'm willing to take with a team's wide receiver, Ross. I think he's uh, a little bit underrated by the markets at the moment. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think Watkins has definitely helped him more than anything because before that, it was really only him and Andrews, wasn't it, there that were the main two. I think Watkins, he, he, he'd done it at most places now, hasn't he? He did it at the LA Rams at the Chiefs. He's like a clear-out option, isn't he? He can sort of stretch the field a bit and then Mackie's bound can pick up everything sort of underneath and that same as Mark Andrews. And that's looking like some of that. That's what's happening. Obviously, he had a big play against the Chiefs, which I think what I've heard afterwards was a bit of a busted coverage <clears throat> by Kansas City. But again, that was only one catch for, I think, 42. He still would have cleared the line easily with another 71 yards off his other five catches. So I think you're right. I think he's probably being undervalued. I think the, the way that Detroit line secondary is at the minute, I mean, you sh- there's... They are really down to like the bare bones, aren't they? I think there's a chance me and you might get a call up to the practice squad. <laughs> they get any more injuries, so I, I every game against Detroit, you'd have to look at all wide receivers really against them because they're just so beat up. Even even with the limited amount that Lamar throws at, oh, you you just you'd be brave to be betting anyone under with how their secondary is at the minute. Yeah, um, I, completely, I completely agree there, Ross. And it's just, it's, uh, with market move, player moves, sometimes you want to be a week in front of the move instead of a week behind it, Ross, don't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean? Definitely. Because another week now, as you say, that reception will go. If, if he goes off again for six catches, seven catches, then I fully expect what you've just said there. It'll be five and a half next week. So, well, it's Robbie Anderson's trending down. He started at four yeah. and a half to three and a half last night. Only had one catch. You're going to be getting close to, you probably still squeeze another three and a half maybe out of another week, but you're going to start seeing two and a half be popping up the way the way it's carrying on for him um, because they will, they will adjust. So, we'll have to see. 
Um, just quickly going back to that Michael Carter bet, um, I've just seen Brad say that Tevin Coleman is definitely out on Sunday. So that's a, a running back that is out, is missing the game with a sickness. It's uh, it's just said. Strangely, he practiced fully, but they've said that um, the illness is going to keep him out of the game. So it's going to be Michael Carter and Ty Johnson as the only two, which I'd even be half tempted to look at Michael Carter's rush yards after um, hearing that news when you're taking him out of him out of it. I mean, he, I think Coleman might have only seen five or six carries, but that five or six carries and over three carries each, that would put Carter onto around about 14 carries, which is plenty enough for the low line that he has. Um, but also helps us massively on the on the over receiving yard. Um, just means that he might be in the game more, so you've got more chance of a, a pass or two. So fingers crossed that's good news for us, mate. Yeah, it's good. We don't obviously want to wish people get injured, do we? We don't want that or illness or whatever, but obviously sometimes they go for you, sometimes they go against you, don't they? I mean, anyone who backed Christian McCaffrey in the Thursday night game, yeah, to see him go down injured, I mean, it'd be a brave man to take his unders at the moment, wouldn't it? So I imagine a lot of people are on his overs. So sometimes they go for you, sometimes they go against you. The bet's not won yet, has it? It just gives us a better chance to win, that's all. Exactly, that's it. You ju- you just never know in this game. We've seen it plenty of times. Some rough beats and some lucky beats by injuries or non-injuries, and that's uh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, it's just one that works in our favour for the good guys. So, failing that, then, mate, I think we're about done on our props. Hopefully, as I say, we can return back to winning ways this week, and then I'll be back again Tuesday evening, hopefully with another guest for. Week four sides, season's flying by too quick. But thanks, Brad, for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, mate. Have a good weekend and enjoy the football. Yes, will do. Yeah, Cov nearly top of the league. So, well, they are joint tops. So, started off well at least. But uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, rate, review, feedback. Find me at Early Value NFL. Brad, can find you at? Uh, B underscore J89, I think. Yes, something like that. Yeah, thank you, and we'll we'll sort it out and put it in the podcast. No, brilliant. Thanks everyone. I'll speak to you again next week. Good luck all. Bye bye.